And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to the Success Story Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Clary. On this podcast, I have candid interviews with execs, celebrities, politicians, and other notable figures, all who have achieved success through both wins and losses, to learn more about their life, their ideas, and their insights. I sit down with leaders and mentors and unpack their story to help pass those lessons on to others through both experiences and tactical strategy for business professionals, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Without further ado, another episode of the Success Story Podcast. Thanks again for joining me today. I'm very excited to be sitting down with Sam Jager, uh, who is a familiar face. You've seen him on television for over 15 years. Uh, he's been working on some of the most acclaimed and spoken about series on TV. Uh, Sam will be next seen in season two of Ryan Murphy's The Politician, starring opposite Judith Light, Bette Midler, Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, he's a recurring star on uh, Hulu's Emmy-nominated Emmy series, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, he has also been a regular on this series and will be on a regular for the next season. Uh, he starred uh, on Mark Cherry's CBS All Access Why Women Kill and is probably best known for his role as Joel Graham uh, in the beloved NBC series Parenthood. So an incredible career. Uh, Sam began his career in New York and immediately landed a supporting lead role in Steven Spielberg's Traffic. Upon moving to L.A., since then, he starred in films such as Clint Eastwood's American Sniper, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. He played lead roles in NBC's series Law & Order True Crime, uh, The Menendez Murders, and ABC's miniseries When We Rise. And on the big screen, uh, he will be next seen opposite Jessica uh, Jessica. Chastain in the searchlights, the eyes of Tammy Faye. So I really appreciate you sitting down. Um, you've had a really, really incredible career. And I want to just, you know, I, I did a summary, which is a boilerplate summary. It's not doing you justice at all. So thank you for joining. But I want to hear more, you know, from you about your story. Well, thanks. You covered it. You covered all the, <laughs> you covered all the big points. No, we're so, good. Um, we'll call it. That's it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> It's just been, I'd love to say it's just been one success after another, but it's, um, you know, I, I, I like to say that my, my career is, uh, one of the tools of my career is accepting rejection in all its forms and, um, you know, in every myriad of ways and, uh, you know, doing, doing it as an actor where we're, you know, innately more emotional and, uh, sensitive than, your average Joe, um, you know, it's, it's, it's basically just going in for job interviews, hundreds and hundreds of job interviews and 
getting one out of every, I don't know, 20 of those interviews. So, um, you know, the, 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 the only success I've had is in persevering, you know, and accepting, you know, accepting when the job doesn't go my way and being thankful when it does. I've heard this story a lot and um, I've spoken to other people that have gone the creative route, whether or not it be an actor or somebody who wants to direct, produce, screenwriter. And the career path is not linear. It's not traditional. It's very difficult. So right. help me understand when you're young, when you are getting into this, how do you decide that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life? Well, uh, you know, when I was, I was 13, I think I saw a Dead Poet Society. And I walked out of the movie theater and I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I had my two closest friends with me at the time. And one of them kind of scoffed at the idea. And the other one, who was my mentor, said, yeah, you will. And I just, uh, I just took that to heart. I listened to the one voice and not the other. And, uh, and I, I moved out to uh, New York uh, in the middle of, you know, also, I, I will say, you know, I had I had parents that uh, as fearful as they were about me doing this job, um, it was really my dad who, um, you know, who was the, the one who said, you know, uh, to my mom, you know, he, he's good at this. And and let's just let him follow this uh, path. And I think it my dad was a. Uh, was a an attorney and a lawyer and i think he he said that he he should have been a, a flautist he, he played the flute beautifully and still does um but he went for the you know the stable job and i think when it came time for me to decide what i wanted to do i knew what i wanted to do i wanted to be part of telling stories and thankfully my my parents just supported that and I think that's that's the biggest part of having an, a young career is um, either, you know, trusting the people you love or just listening to the ones that <laughs> that are telling you, um, you know, you can do this and ignoring the rest. And so. and I find that um, so the the support is huge for from parents, for people that don't have, you know, like maybe perhaps. In a defined career path, it's a little bit makes a little bit more sense. The the steps you take with the sport is huge, but also the process. The process that you have to sort of figure out when you're starting this off is not so clear, at least from my my perspective. So how do you start to figure out what the process is for finding the right people to work with, for deciding which types of roles you want to do, for understanding even like what things to learn so that you can be successful and exceptional in what you do? Yeah. Uh, early on. Um, you know, I went to school for it. I studied acting and, um, at the same time, I, I learned early on that I didn't like the feeling of being a, a, being an actor, which uh, a lot of it is going into rooms with strangers and trying to impress them in five minutes. And I just, uh, it always made me uncomfortable. Um, I'm not a showman. I don't like to be the center of attention. It, it's too much work. Um, it's ironic because you do it well. Yeah, no, I chose the wrong career. Um, but I, but I like to, I like to, you know, I really like telling stories at the end of the day. I was so moved by watching movies at a young age that I just, 
saw them on screen back in Ohio and thought, you know, that 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 gets to me more than any other medium, you know. And uh, so I'm kind of a, a student of how to how best to tell a story. And a lot of my acting is is uh, fo- kind of focused through that prism, which is um, hopefully if you're telling a story in the right way, it's selfless. You know, it, it you you remove yourself from your ego. So it's it's really about what the scene needs, what the you know the character needs, but also what the story needs. And I think one of the traps of being an actor is we're so focused on what the character needs and how to get a job that uh, we lose sight about what the director or what the story is needs in that moment in that time. And because because I, I do feel like stories are how we make sense of uh of chaos you know and there's plenty of chaos right now mm-hmm. and the yeah. chaos of even just being alive you know that we are conscious beings on a planet that we have studied billions of miles away and not found one similar i mean that's pretty extraordinary and it's only through stories that we you know that we're able to deduce you know reason and purpose i think so i find that very important and and uh, acting is just one part of that. No, it's just, I think it's a really good point. You know, um, the fact that you mentioned stories, I think stories are so powerful because they provide, like you mentioned, context to the human condition and and what we go through on a day-to-day. And you mentioned something that actually just makes me pause for a second. You mentioned like the 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 incredibleness of what the human condition is. And I, I don't want to get too heavy and too philosophical, but it's sad because we lose sight of what's really important um, a lot of the time. And there's so much stress and so much anger and so much hate that I think that yes. as, you know, as, as you focus on in, in acting, you focus on building a narrative that portrays selflessness. That is, that is such a universal lesson that how many politicians, how many, how many um, people that have this platform, if they just adopted that simple mindset, how mm. much, how much less stressed and 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 I guess more, I don't know, more uh, just what's the best word for this one? You know, you're just everyone is is just more on the same page and and acting more selflessly as opposed to just trying to push a narrative as opposed to listening to to others. I think that's I've seen that a lot actually, which is very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, you know. I Scott, you mentioned you know the anger and and um and just you know there's there's so much anger right now, especially um and confusion and um yeah, honey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Can I have chips? Sure, go ask mom about it. Okay. And can you do me a, she's, I think she's right in there. Just go in there and just, yeah, she isn't, she's left us. I guess it's just the the four of us now, huh? (laughs) There she is. Hey, can you do me a favor? Calvin, can you shut this door? Thank you. Uh, uh, I love it. We made it this far without. You know what? I've, uh, I think I think the distractions are the best part about um, everyone working from home now. I I love yeah. it. I, I see kids. I, I bet, see man. dogs. Yeah, it's really. I nice. bet you just get to see like, oh, now I understand who that person is. Um, it's more real. Yeah, 
we yeah. always, you know, put up this like facade about like our lives and, and we have it all together and no one, no one has their shit together. No, everyone's no. trying to just make it work and figure it out. And I appreciate, That's I think that true. work from home just sort of like highlighted that, you know, it's really nice. And plus you, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't have kids myself yet, but, um, but I, I work with a, a ton of people and, you know, whether or not it's a kid or a dog or whatever, man, it just humanizes you. Just like, this is what it is. We're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. But so, yeah, so yeah. no, I, I appreciate you. Yeah. So, oh, I didn't yeah, take so, over, yeah. No, no, no. But I think, you know, that anger, that sense of anger, you know, and, and, and fear right now, we are along those lines, you know, this, this big picture storytelling, you know, we are, um, one of the reasons I don't like social media, it is, it, you know, is that, um, the negative is, is unfiltered and, and some, nobody, nobody has to, uh, experience hurting someone in person, mm-hmm. which is so much more vulnerable to do. And there's lessons to be learned and people can go on the, the internet and, and hate all they want. And we as human beings are, are created to sense and search for things that we fear in order to remain safe. You know, we hear a sound in the forest and assume it's a bear. And, you know, now that we have homes and, you know, we're all much safer than we were. Yeah. Uh, we still have that same sense of fear when we hear something negative. It, 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 it triggers those same parts of our, our brain that say, wow, there's something really dangerous here. So we pay much more attention to the, to the negative. And, um, yeah. And, and, and so I think one of the things about storytelling is that it, if you tell a story in the right way, it, um, it relates a person's experience to someone else. And, Right now, especially, we're so removed from from real uh, understanding of one another, and uh, I think politically, um, people on the furthest ends of the spectrum have such a hard time relating to the other because they are so scared of it and so fearful. And uh, if we can tell a story that shines a light on that. And if the other side can receive it in a way that opens them up a little bit, then I think we've done our job as storytellers. You know, that's, that's a great, um, it's a great good that we do if we can do it. Uh, Like I said, I wish, I wish more people thought like that. Um, Walk me through, walk me through what you're doing with common Canyon um, because I think that I think that that's something that's really relevant to our current environment where we're all stuck at home. Um, I think it just it's a recent it's a recent like it's from quarantine. You're doing this stuff right now, yeah. correct? Yeah. Well, that's kind of an extension of, you know. Uh, it takes a lot for me to do anything on social media. Um, and and yet I thought, well, this is a way to. um to show that what we're doing, this mundane, this day-to-day, this being trapped in our own homes, uh, if, we're, if we're able to, we can find some real beauty in it. It's more work. Um, but the whole analogy is based on the first episode of the, that I, I went with my wife to see the Grand Canyon for the first time. And 
looked out at it and thought, I need to change who I am. I need to, I've been living kind of this false life and something with this massive expanse in the middle of a continent made me think, made me think that. And, and, and we don't have that opportunity right now. We're all stuck. And so the, the real trick is investing in a way to consistently go deeper and find beauty in our, in our lives right now. Um, and, uh, and what's interesting is I, when I was going through it, I was actually having a really hard time finding the, the beauty in all this for myself. And so the, the video essays kind of became a, a way to, uh, to make sense of it all, even for me, and also to share that with other people. So they're just really small, you know, uh, kind of like poems, but you know, more, more essay on, um, on, on what the strange time is, you know, 50 years from now, our uh, people will ask us what it was like to be alive right now. And I wanted something to show them, especially these, uh, these boys over here. Cause right now they just have no idea. They just think, you know, that this is one long vacation with, uh, mom and dad home to answer any and all questions and refill whatever cereal bowls need refilling. Uh, you know, so I kind of made it for them as well. I have, a, I have a question on something that I just have an idea formulating that I, I, I think is very interesting because you work, you work in film and television and like for a living, you portray other characters. That's, that's quite literally your job. And I find yeah. it funny that not funny, just interesting. Funny is the wrong word that you are, are self-aware enough to understand of the negative impacts of social media when there's so many people who it seems like all they do is try and portray a different version of themselves on social media. It's like that's, yeah. that's their escape. So how do, we, how do we bring this to light? How do we enlighten people? How do we make them view social as a tool but not an escape? And it's a very tough question. I don't, I don't expect you to solve the problem because a lot of underlying mental health things there. But I think yeah, that's a no. big issue. It it is such a challenge. I mean, I think the the, the hardest part is you know, uh, I I just think about like you know um, I'm supposed to uh, you know send some selfies for social media for my my team wants some and I I think I have about twelve in my phone. I mean, I just don't have. I don't have them. I'd rather take pictures of these boys. And I think it's, I think the real danger is, um, well, first of all, admitting that we all have it, you know, there's an, there's a need, you know, I was thinking about, okay, well, I got to send some pictures. Well, what, maybe I should make new pictures of myself and where do I, where do I photograph in a place that is indicative of, uh, uh, an, uh, uh, a nice surrounding that people would like to look at and, um, you know, so we're always trying to, the hard part is instead of living our lives through social media, we're constantly trying to filter out and manipulate where we are. And, um, I, I feel like on social media, I, I end up thinking like a, uh, like a, like a, a bad stand-up comedian where everything is a bit, mm-hmm. you know? where I sit with these boys and instead of sitting with the boys and playing Legos, I'm thinking about how the Legos and being with these boys is funny and relevant to a larger audience. And, uh, 
it's an I interesting way to think about it. Yeah. And I don't know if that, it just, it works for some people, but it just, I always feel like it's not being honest to it. I, I have a responsibility to them because I was a part of making them. So if I brought them in the world only for them to look at dad, looking at his phone, it's kind of a slap in the face. And, and, um, you know, there, it's necessary for work to a degree, but, um, you know, I, I think it's important to, to separate and, and it, I, I don't have any advice. I just think it's, it's a, a, a constant check-in with yourself to say, am I doing the right thing with this? Um, a lot of that. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything takes work. Every, everything that in life worth doing involves a, a some amount of work, you know? So. Do you find that, um, just to bring it back to, to your career and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate that, you know, you mentioned like the, there is no, there is no catch all. There's no universal advice on this because it's a very difficult topic, but it's also something that if you look at the anecdotal data from the various people that research this, there's a lot of issue with, with mental health. So I think it's something that, you know, if you can bring it up more often than not, and just, just sort of highlight that point that there is an issue with it, with today's society, even more so now that we're all stressed and, and we're all, you know, worst, worst cases in most of our lives that we're living through right now. Um, but yeah. to, to tee that up and to tie it into to what matters to you and your career and your story, when you work in certain roles, how do you pick a role now versus when you first started? What are mm. the things that you look for? Well, hey, hey, Calvin, can, do you mind if I, if it, I just want, honey, I think he's happy out here? Well, I think he can, but I just want him to, he'll be fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I just want to make him hear me. So if, if Gus is going to sing his song, our son, our oldest son. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Our oldest son is, is way into like, like songs on video games, but it'll songs just be on a, video he, games. Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, "Dad, can we play the the theme to like uh, something on Roblox?" I'll be like, "I don't think there it's available anywhere, buddy." <laughs> I just don't. And then, but so he'll just end up humming it very loudly throughout whatever whatever room he's in and throughout our house. Um. Uh. So, sorry, can you no, no, remind me Yeah, for sure. No, I was just asking because you're so, it's obvious you're very self-aware. Um, right. Just the path that we've taken in this conversation just shows how, how self-aware you are of what you put out into the world and even like what you're doing. I pulled up the, I pulled up the, uh, like one of your, one of your videos over, and I was just watching it at the side of my eye. And it's just a very, like you mentioned, it's a very nice, just like a profile about what we're dealing with right now. And it's just like a day in the life of literally you living through a day in a pandemic and the environment and there's, you know, there's a, there's some footage of, of some people walking by um, a, a, a Chevron with the masks on. It's just, it's just a very re real, you know, uh, piece of, of what we're doing and what we're living through. Um, but I just yeah. meant to say, it, it's obviously you're very self-aware and it's, and you're, it's a very big factor in your life. So I'm assuming that when you go into a role, as oh, you yeah. sort of matured over your career, the things that you look for must be a little bit different than when you first started. Yeah, they are. Uh, 
I just wanted people to like me for the first 10 years of doing this, I think. Uh, or I wanted to get to the point where I would have one big hit and then I could, from that point on, I could call the shots. And that, um, that, that hasn't happened so much. Um, but, but I'm able to say now, um, you know, I like this and I can find the purpose in doing it. And, um, it's usually, you know, is it well-written? Uh, are the good people involved? Is it something I haven't done? And, um, and on, on a personal level, the things that I choose are, you know, what good are we doing in the, in the, in the world? You know, I, as lofty as that sounds, uh, uh, you know, putting something out in the world that challenges people and, um, and, and gets them to, to look at things from a fresh perspective. That's, that's hard to do. Uh, it's especially hard to do with, without trying to lecture or educate people, which is always a, a dangerous. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs, and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a quality 
qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text 
success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thing for a storyteller to do. Because this, the second you start doing that is the second people check out. And I'm also aware that, you know, I, if I have something important for me to say, I don't think going on social media, I'm going to change anybody's mind. I don't think that's the way for me to do it. Um, and so choosing the right role, uh, or, or, or writing material that's, uh, that, that feels like an, an evolution of a conversation about what it means to be human. That's, that's far more interesting to me. Um, also because I just think I'm, I, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel myself on social media. Uh, but I also feel like it's, you know, people, gravitate and like something that reiterates their worldview. Um, so there's very few opportunities to find an inroad to a, to a, um, a connecting point with people. If that makes sense. It does. Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. There- so, uh, yeah. So, so looking for that in, you know, the handmaid's tale is, is very, uh, a very good example of how, there's a conversation about where we're headed and there's a danger in there that, that that kind of tragedy offers us some insights into where we are now. And I think that's, that's a powerful, that's a powerful tool um, because it's not solely trying to preach and educate it's, but it is offering insights that are there. Right, if people just look a little bit deeper. I think that, um, you know, I love I love speaking to people that play roles because I think there's a superficial message that people um, that people get when they watch um, film or television. But when you really look deeper, there there can be quite a bit that you can that you can bring out from it. And I like I like speaking to people who actually are involved in these productions because the 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 themes and and the messaging and the things that we have to look out for. You know, we live through we live through some of these things in real life, and then we try and escape to to TV and film and whatnot to get away from our real life. But then we realize like there can be lessons learned from the arts that I think that we we don't look look too hard into if we just You're pay right. a little bit more attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think people have learned more through Pixar films in the last twenty years than yeah. most any other films combined, and I think it's because they. They are very simple stories with some uh, bittersweet elements to them that, you know, um, you know, I think, I, I think it's very powerful, you know, storytelling and, and uh, yeah, we were watching um, Inside Out last night and it's very high concept and, uh, and yet, you know, the kids enjoy it and there's, a lot of lessons to be learned about um, within that, like you said, you know, this one girl trying to escape her family because they want her to be happy and she's trying to keep that up for everybody. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that, you know, that they're trying to carry this burden of appearing. Um, I saw my, my three of my closest friends uh, the other night. We got together for very distanced beers in one of the, uh, the backyards. And uh, one of my friends was saying that he's in this relationship that he um, that he started with a woman in uh, a, a, in Mexico 
City, you know, that she lives in Los Angeles, but she happens to be quarantined in Mexico City. And he, he's, he spends an hour every day talking to her. He's never met her in person. And uh, what he's realized is how much of his previous relationships he, he had this narrative going in his own mind that he never shared with his girlfriends at the time. And how interesting it was that here he's he's not physically in the same room as someone else, but he's he's closer to this person than he's been to any other uh, mm-hmm. in, in any other relationship for decades. And yet, you know, we uh, you know we we would assume that because people are in a room together that we're telling the same story to we're sharing the same story. But he spent years just fabricating this this hidden identity, you know. I just think that's so fascinating. I also think that the current environment that we're in is bringing out the good and the bad in people. I think because mm-hmm. you see, now you're seeing, like, it's unfortunate, but you see, like, these, like, abnormal amount of divorces and all these other things that are the side effect of being forced to spend time with the person who you were supposed to spend time with anyways. Which is a, it's sad, but it's, it's a reality. And I think that this is like well, kind of I mean, these are extreme circumstances, truly. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, my wife and I have gone through through everything. We were, it took us seven years to finally get married. And I used to say that we, we had, we got all of our best fights out of the way. And so now the fights are just, it's not that they don't happen. They're just more efficient. It's like, <laughs> wait, what the hell's your problem? All right, this is my problem. All right, I need five minutes. Okay, I'm sorry. And then we move on. And there's no, you know... But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that haven't, you know, they haven't dealt with things until this, you know, pandemic. And boy, when you're in the same room and depending on how tiny the room is, you can only imagine the bigger the microscope is for all the things you never explored. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, testing ground. Yeah. One of the things I, I mentioned in the second Common Canyon is that, uh, uh, you know, we're, I, I do have a belief that we're going either deeper in or further out of any relationship. And it's so hard to go deeper right now um, because you are just, you know, especially I, 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 I always need time to remove myself. Uh, even I, we go to a party and after two and a half hours, I, I usually find a chance to go out to the backyard or down and take a walk or, you know, just to get away because of that many people, uh, I don't feel comfortable around and I just need some respite. And we had to build that time in for, our, for ourselves. And, um, you know, it, it is like, we do feel like we're, are we going deeper in or are we, are we letting things slide? And, you know, it's, it's relationships are under a microscope like never before. Yeah, that's um. So this this got very heavy. I I apologize. <laughs> we got, got deep, man. Yeah, like listen, I was not planning on going, but I'm happy. This is uh, <laughs> you, you know, you're tuned into this stuff. You're you're yeah. hyper tuned into it, and I always appreciate a conversation with somebody that is very self aware. That above anything else is probably my favorite personality trait. In all seriousness, yeah, it just because yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm always interested. You know, I, 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 I've spent a lot of time on 
sets and around meeting, you know, with this job, you meet tons of new people. And um, I'm always fascinated by the, by the alphas. Um, but I'm always aware that I never want to be around them for much longer than 20 minutes, just because I can't, it's just too much work. Um, I'd rather have, you know, I married a woman who I consider the best listener I've ever known. And, and that is, um, uh, I learned so much more from her than from anyone else, even after 20, 20 years being together. Uh, and it's because she's invested in, and the way I, I watch her listen to other people, I, I, I learn enough just through, through that, you know, she's always, she has no interest in surface. She's whenever we go out to dinner with anybody, she'll always ask a question and wait. And, um, and, and you really get beneath it, you know, uh, You'll you'll relate to this. Growing up in Ohio, similar weather to Toronto, and people can always talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're guys. We always talk about sports. But my wife wants to know, and will ask a question that kind of gets to the heart of of who someone is. Um, and it's so refreshing. It's so much more interesting. Because we know what the weather's going to be, <laughs> generally. Yeah, I think that. I think that another point that you know, it's like I'm trying to pull out like lessons out of out of this conversation, and there's a lot. Um, but being being able to actually listen to people, I actually just I, think I tweeted this the other day, like just being able to listen to understand as opposed to listen to reply or listen to yeah. judge, and that's a that's a quote from somebody you know, someone else probably far more prolific than I am, but I just remember it from reading something somewhere. And, and, and I think that just, it's so important and we don't do that. We just don't do that. We just, yeah. And I don't know why, I don't know why we're so quick to, well, to jump. I, you know, I think, I think it is Scott. I think it goes back to ego. Um, I think we, we are either trying to reiterate our own worldview or trying to prove that someone else's worldview is lesser than ours in order to um yeah just to justify where we are and and so it's a it's a defense i think but if um man i i i in studying my wife over here i these things that i've learned just watching her is um the objective of the listener is to listen. It's not to solve. It's not to educate or entertain or pose a, a an alternative. It is simply to listen, which is one of the hardest things. It's like it's like meditation. It's like breathing. You know, one simple task, and you're trying to filter out all these other things. But most of the time, that's just what people need. And the more you space you give them to you know, to talk, the deeper you'll go with them. I'm, um, one of my favorite stories of my wife, uh, my buddy, Jeff, childhood friend, I've known him since we were in church in, I mean, seven years old, maybe. And, uh, he lives out here in Los Angeles and we would have him over cause we we're 
Ohio State Buckeye fans and, you know, football day would come around and they'd go out in the backyard at, at uh, halftime and, you know, Amber would clean up a little bit. And I went upstairs and I was listening to their conversation from the upstairs window. And I, I heard Jeff talking in a way that he's never talked with me. It's just deeper and more intimate, quieter. And I thought to myself, man, how does she do it? What is she doing? What is, what is her secret? And at that moment, I heard her say, how do you feel about that, Jeff? And there was a long pause. And then I heard Jeff just go deeper into how he felt about something. I thought, that's it. You know, just investing in someone else just for the, you know, I think a lot of healing can happen and especially needs to right now. Um, if we just shut up and listen and give people the floor. I've had this interesting uh, email chain going with the cast of The Handmaid's Tale, and I'm being kind of a newcomer to it. Um, I'm, I'm a series uh, regular this year. Um, I'm honored to be involved in this conversation because it, it, it does involve race and it involves, uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, some of the uh, actors on our show who, who are finally saying, you know, this is what I've noticed uh, that our show has been geared towards, you know, um, you know, an all white crew and a predominantly white cast. And, and there's an impetus even I have to want to share and say, yes, I, I'm, you know, and I just thought, I just, it, I haven't even responded yet. There's been about 20 correspondence, but I think my response is, you know, yeah, I listen and I hear and I support what all this is going on. The danger is for me to try to prove that what I know is something else to advance that conversation when I'm still just gathering information, mm -hmm. you know, uh, still just deciding what's valuable, what's important and, and how to, how we can move forward in a way that, um, that brings us closer. So I think that's kind of what the essence of art for me is just bringing us all in some way closer. Um, all this technology was meant to do that and it has in certain regards and it's, uh, torn us apart in other regards. And, uh, I think it's always important to lean toward the, the former. Agreed. Agreed. Very well said. Um, whenever I, you know, we started off, we started off with a little bit of, of your acting and we just really went into things that actually matter, which I really appreciate. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, I always like speaking about you, but this is you and this is what you care about. And this is what we should all care about a little bit more. So I think that it's, I'm happy that we went here. Um, I like to, you know, I think I should get your wife on next because I think she, she has a lot of value too from what it sounds like. It sounds like she could probably teach all of us a, a thing or two about how to be better people and how to listen better. Um, She's pretty amazing, truly. Yeah. She yeah. also, she, she calls it, uh, her friend deduced that she has something called misophonia, which is a condition where you can't, uh, like two sounds in the same room sound like, uh, you know, a nightmare in your ears. And so she can, I think she, feels like she can physically only listen to one 
conversation. And it's very challenging as a mother, you can imagine, with three very bombastic voices in the house. But uh, one-on-one, you know, she's like built for, for this. Um, what I wanted to ask, just to, to tee it up, uh, I always like asking some, just some rapid fire insight questions about what you've, you know, your life lessons. Um, but before yeah. I do a rapid fire, I wanted to just give you the floor. Was there anything that, you know, you're working on right now or anything that you really care about that we didn't touch on? Oh, sure. Well, the one thing I'm heading into now is, uh, I've been working on this film called hate that, uh, uh, was based off you know, kind of looking around the world. And it was, I started writing it shortly after the Orlando uh, shootings years back. And I started thinking, why do, why are 15 of the 20 largest mass shootings in our country due to at the hands of, of white males between 18 and 55? And, um, you know, it seems like these are the last people on earth that should be upset with the way the, wor- the world is since it's been uh, dominated by white men since mm-hmm. the beginning of, you know, uh, modern time. Um, so I, I, I built this story around that, that concept about a, a man who's very lonely and isolated and, and, um, he's a security installation, uh, expert and, and installs for, uh, an interracial couple and then starts to, uh, spy on them. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, it was, again, uh, you know, it's not my job to educate, but I, I did feel like it was a story that needed to be told. And I think it's, it's, um, it's not a, uh, uh, I, in studying it, I realized all my favorite movies are the same movie. They're all film noir, which is usually some guy trying to save a woman that doesn't need saving. And, uh, and this is very much that same story. You know, it's, it's, we have, I, I grew up with this belief that I need to save people and that, that they are, you know, that that was my purpose. And I think that's at the heart of a lot of this uh, bravado around, you know, even white supremacy, you know, this belief that, you know, that these people find purpose in defending Mm-hmm. Uh, their worldview, and so I, I'm. The film is about that, you know, in many ways. But it's it's a labor of love. It's something I'm doing mostly on my own, shooting and lighting and sound and editing, and uh, it may destroy me, but um, but it's fun to kind of get that off the ground. So we're hopefully going to start shooting that this this uh, summer into fall. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that it will definitely not destroy you, and you will you'll yep. handle it just fine. You'll just learn a hell of a lot in the process. But oh, for sure, yeah. Sure. But no, it's very good. Um, okay, so let's quick, do. Sorry, sorry. Uh, are you going to rapid fire? I'm going to rapid fire. Um, one question I like to ask is one life lesson that you would tell your younger self. Oh, younger self. Mm-hmm. Probably a few. Yeah, I, I yeah no he I wouldn't tell him anything. He's gonna make the same mistakes. Whatever I tell him. <laughs> yeah. 
Is there any? Yeah, is there think... any life lesson you tell someone else who's a little bit more willing to uh, and less hard? Uh... <laughs> oh, marry your best friend if you're going to marry somebody. That's good advice. Make sure it's someone you you just absolutely adore. It's very good advice. Um, and the second question I want to ask was. Uh, it could be a book, a podcast, an audible, a person, a resource. What's something that somebody should go check out that they can go learn from? Hmm. Huh. Could be a video, could be a movie that particularly inspires yeah, you. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, there's so many great things to learn from right now. I'm, I'm, currently, a, I'm currently reading How to Be an Anti-Racist. An anti-racist by Ibrahim uh, X, and it's a uh, it's an interesting book because it starts from a standpoint of him talking about uh, being young and 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 giving or you know winning this orating award, but he had all these viewpoints that now he's entirely ashamed of, and I thought that that's a really interesting way to enter into this conversation about race right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when it comes to being isolated, there's a book that I have always loved. It's still one of my favorites that in this time of uh, isolation is all the more meaningful. The name of the book is called Winesburg, Ohio. And it uh, was written in 1919 by Sherwood Anderson. And what's fascinating about it is it's just about this fictional town based on Sherwood Anderson's childhood town of Clyde, Ohio. Um, but it's all about how these people in this quiet little town, the beginning of the century, lit all these sad, sordid lives. And yet um, each chapter reveals one different person in the town. It's a quiet book. It's a very simple book, but anybody can pick it up and relate to these stories in it. Um, and and it's, an, it's, a, it's, it's incredibly insightful, especially now that we're all sequestered in our own homes it's a nice slow uh rewarding read very good that's those are yeah. well i you know the, the latter for sure i've never heard of so i'm gonna go check it out so that's uh yeah. that's good i like that those are good good suggestions um at, a t at the time i i discovered it not in ohio i was out here i went to the hollywood branch library and i sat in this place that i would write in every day and i saw this wall that was like a curriculum for schools and i thought i'm just gonna i'm gonna make this my purpose to read all these books on this whole wall because i'm sure there's the whole world is in this mm -hmm. and i started with a's and so sherwin anderson was right at the top and i was like well this is this is a great place to start that's probably the only way you're going to discover that as well that's that's, right yeah 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 um last question probably the most important where do people go to get more about what you're working on your social even if you don't like posting as much you still have to have some People can yeah, no, no. Um, I, I have an Instagram. I think it's Sam underscore Jager. Um, you can see the Common Canyon videos there. Uh, and uh, I think it's also available on Twitter. But uh, uh, yeah, and then Politician 2, Season 2 is on Netflix right now. It's a fascinating, uh, sensational season to watch. That's all for today. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast. You can download or stream this podcast wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Spotify, 
Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and peers. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. It takes about 30 seconds as it allows other people to find our podcast and lets our amazing guests reach even more people with their message. And remember, any rating is fine as long as it contains five stars. I'm Scott Clary from the Success Story Podcast, signing off. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a quality qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
hard. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 